You're listening to The Local Maximum, episode 197. Time to expand your perspective. Welcome to The Local Maximum. Now, here's your host, Max Clark. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. You are, you have reached another Local Maximum. <laughs> Almost screwed that up a little bit. Almost said you are. No, you've reached another Local Maximum. Local Maximum is something that you've reached. Today is the first episode in November which is my, I usually find November to be my favorite month. November is really such a nice nice month here in the Northeast. Um, I have a bunch of news items that I want to get to today that um, a bunch of, a lot of the pieces are moving in terms of technology. So I just want to uh, follow up on it because I feel like if I don't follow up on it, then uh, then we're going to get into some other things. We're going to do a bunch of guests and all this stuff is going to going to pass us by. So first of all, I have written down here that um, we have never done a Halloween episode here on The Local Maximum, and I'm not about to start this year. I don't really have a Halloween uh, episode for you, but I really like, I mean, I, I was just thinking, this is, this is very experimental guys. I'm sorry, but I was just thinking, you know, uh, you know, you know, those jokes where people do like uh, the, uh, you know, it's a spooky, uh, thing. And then, so I saw what would be like a, a spooky machine learning type story. And so I came up with like four examples. And so, you know, it was like, um, uh, 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 Let's 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 see what I have written down here. It's it's terrible. They're so bad. Here's why I, I'm not really. This is not a a final. Uh, this is not a final product here. I just want to know. Hey, can any of you come up with ideas for a Halloween themed machine learning Bayesian inference type uh, <laughs> type content that works for next year? So let's just start. So uh, uh, the first one it was uh, okay. Scary statements. First, they said, it should be easy. There's only 50 training labels. Ah, okay. Then they said, I wish I had, I need to have spooky music here, some spooky Halloween music. And then they said, we have more parameters than examples. And then there's no test set. And they didn't use a prior. And then the investor came out and said, I only want deep learning. Ah, okay. I don't know if this is any good. Do you have any better ones? Locals, uh, maximum.locals.com to let me know because I really am not good at doing a scary Halloween story. But I think that, uh, I think there's something here to this content. I feel like I need to bounce these ideas off of someone and then I can create something for next year. Uh, but anyway, all right, let's start today with Facebook's meta. Facebook is not just creating a division called Meta. Facebook now is Meta. They changed their entire name from Facebook uh, to Meta. That's how serious they are about this Metaverse, that they're changing their name. I think the reason why their currency, Libra, didn't uh, live up to its promise, uh, we covered their currency, Libra, all the way back in episode 72. So I think that would have been, what, two and a half years ago, two two years ago, uh, back in 2019. And I think the problem there was well first of all it was yeah that that was a big bold move that uh, could have worked out but didn't work out and i think they fundamentally didn't really understand the kind of cryptocurrency economy and that was part of the problem with libra but also because a lot of these large things fail but maybe the problem was facebook also didn't change their name so now they're going to change their names so the whole company is about the metaverse it's about meta now 
I know I'm being a little flipped by saying that, um, but uh, by changing their name, no, they are serious about this. Because think about it. If you, um, if Facebook's currency kind of gets passed off to other people and it doesn't really live off to the promise, Facebook could be like, you know, what currency? We're still Facebook. Now that Facebook is changing their name to Meta, they really are putting skin in the game to build up this so-called metaverse. What is a metaverse? Uh, a metaverse is um, basically a, a universe in the cloud, a universe in the sky, basically a virtual reality space where we all meet up. And so I've talked a lot about virtual reality on the show. The expert that I had on uh, uh, recently was a couple years ago, I had on Timony West, um, who, who does a lot of work like this, uh, particularly for enterprise applications and more. Uh, Irasima Trevisan, more recently, we talked about urban augmented reality. Um, and I've worked with urban augmented reality uh, as well uh, when we launched the MarsBot for AirPods. Uh, so there's a lot on virtual reality and augmented reality uh, that, that, that we've um, covered on the show. I have sort of, so, so Facebook's, Facebook's VR headset is the Oculus. They bought that a while ago. So that is the one that they're using. I have not used it yet. Maybe I should buy uh, a, a, an Oculus. Um, okay. Uh, but anyway, let, let's get back to this rebranding re thing. You know, Facebook, the, the Facebook brand is not necessarily associated with good things right now. It's not, uh, when it comes to politics, uh, Facebook is not, um, you know, sometimes it's good to pick a side. Facebook has angered both sides. So perhaps it's, it's no, it's, it's not popular with anyone. And, um, in addition, uh, on the on the political scene, in addition, people feel like you know their their mental health has been uh, a failing, or we've been screwing up the mental health of, of teenagers as well as probably adults from Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. So the Facebook brand is no longer popular. Maybe they can get away with that, uh, away from that. Oh, that was a Freudian slip. Maybe okay, they can get away with that. <laughs> Maybe they can get uh, uh, away from that by renaming their company to Meta. Now this whole Meta. Verse thing. This is an extremely ambitious project, and they are putting. I wouldn't say they're putting it all on the line. They could back out at some point and say, ha, 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 "You know that wasn't a good idea. We'll change our name back to Facebook, or we'll change our name to something else." And the company is still around. They don't really. Um, they don't really. They're not betting the company. They're not destroying the company. But it would be a big deal to kind of back off on this and and go to something else would be very demoralizing. So they're putting some I, I'll I'll say like they're putting their, some skin in the game. They're not betting the they're not betting the the farm, so to speak. So yeah, it's a very ambitious project, especially because it's really hard to get virtual reality adoption for the masses. It's fun to go to a VR store and play with it. Um, you know, some people own VR headsets. Um, but it's really hard to make this completely mainstream and completely ubiquitous, meaning that it's everywhere. Um, so I would say it's a bold mood uh, for Facebook and and Mark Zuckerberg to take this on. And actually, I know sometimes I'm very, sometimes I'm always very critical of Facebook on the on the on the show. Uh, but you know, everyone likes to um, beat up on Facebook. I've been beating up on Facebook before it was cool. I actually think. That uh, you know, I'm interested. They got my attention. This is a big project to take on, and they could have just kind of coasted and just kept doing what they're doing, and um, nobody would have thought anything of it. They would have said that's just Facebook being Facebook. 
But here's something saying, uh, you know, drawing a line in the sand saying, this is what we think the future is going to be. And, uh, you know, nobody knows for sure. Um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg doesn't know uh, other than what he could build, but he doesn't know what, what consumers are going to ultimately want. He doesn't know, you know, um, whether adoption for VR headsets are ultimately going to happen. You can try his best, but but they don't know. So it's 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 a bold move and it's a it's a risky move, but... I, I like to see that. I like to see when people do that. And I, I think, you know, that's the only way you get big things done. Uh, I will say that we'll have the classic crossing the chasm problem, which is a problem in, in terms of emerging technology where, you know, when some new tech is first invented, it first starts with the, uh, you know, with the, with the very early adopters, the pioneers, so to speak, um, just think of like the pioneers in cryptocurrencies, Toshi Nakamoto in, in you know, the, in like 2010 and, and, and that small group of crypto geeks, crypto nerds, whatever you want to call them. And then if you think about the internet, the early internet, very different type, uh, very different type of person. And then, and, and early VR too, you know, it's still at some point it is still in the lab and then you get to the early adopters. Now, sometimes moving to the early adopters is not that hard of a problem. Early adopters are kind of regular people who say, hey, I like to try out new things just because I am interested. I want to see what's going on. I feel like a lot of people who listen to this show are probably early adopters on a lot of different pieces of tech. And maybe uh, maybe some of you are even pioneers in other pieces of tech. But uh, early adopters is is always one thing. And then uh, the, the next phase is the early majority. Those are people who are, you know, that, that that's the group that, you know, they're not the, the, the people who just like hate new technology and will never change. They're the people who are kind of open to it, but they're sort of, they're the ones who bring it up to the majority. They're sort of the ones who are like, you know, more, more normal people, not like us, but uh, people who, um, who, who are like kind of your average person who's going to integrate it into your day-to-day life. And so then you get the late majority and then the stragglers uh, is usually how it goes. But, but that division between the early adopters and the early majority, that's called the chasm. And that is, uh, that, that, that's because it's very difficult to cross the chasm. That's the one that's very difficult to cross because the early adopters are people who love to try things just because they're new and they have a lot of um, they have a lot of forgiveness. They have a lot of forgiveness if something goes well, if something doesn't go well, and they have a lot of forgiveness because it's new. Uh, and they'll say, you know, um, hey, this is new tech. What do you expect? Um, I am just being a pioneer. I mean, okay, I guess the uh, you know the previous people are pioneers, but I I am I'm I'm trying to live in the future a little bit. Whereas the early majority, yeah, they'll jump on it, but they want things to be really nice for them and they want it to fit into their lives pretty well. And so that gap is the really hard one to close famously. And I feel like this is a classic situation in VR where you have to close that gap and it's going to be very difficult for them to do. Um, so what what do I think they're trying to do with the VR here? I think they're trying to create a more interesting world with this. I think you're going to um, put on this VR headset. You're going to go into public spaces. You're going to play games. You're going to go into workspaces. But I think the big question is, can this actually be normalized? And can this be safe? And like, you know, what if I'm really sitting in my living room or 
uh, for me, I'll probably be sitting here in my podcast studio if I have this thing uh, and have it on. Uh, but you know, what if I'm? What if I actually move my arms and I knock into something? You know, and and will this not mess with our physical health? You know, we kind of need to get out. We need to get fresh air. We need to have real social interactions, and we need to move around. We need to actually walk places. Uh, you know, you need to now. You could say, well, yes, you could do your workout on virtual reality, and to some degree, yeah, that could be fun to do a VR uh, virtual uh, virtual workout routine, virtual exercise. But I feel like, you know, eventually you're going to have to get out of your one room. I, I don't want to live in a world where everybody is atomized into a single room that contains just them, and we never interact with each other. Um, so there are. Uh, I, I saw some pieces of. Uh, this ambitious project that attempts to make this thing, you know, more palatable, more more normalized. One of the interesting ones is the Cambria kind of sub project, which is sort of a high end version of the Oculus, and they're going to promise that you could make natural eye contact with your friends and people who you're interacting with um, on Oculus. So that would be pretty interesting. Um, but again. Um, how, how, how is this going to go? I would hate for this kind of technology to be kind of mandatory, you know, i.e., uh, well, I only meet in the metaverse because of COVID. I don't want to, uh, you know, catch COVID from you. So you better meet with me in the metaverse right now. Or, you know, hey, sometimes a phone call will suffice. You know, I, I like taking a phone call. I love the audio format. It's really a pain sometimes when you have to do the video where really it's just a video, you're just seeing the other person, but then you're kind of tied to your chair and you're sitting there and um, you have to, you know, you, you're worried like if you scratch an itch, it's going to look kind of weird. And so is this going to have a similar situation where, okay, this guy wants to have a 15 minute conversation about something we're working on. Now I have to put in my headset, make sure it's plugged in. I have to get to the right application versus just having to call them. So I really hope that it's not that. I ho really hope that they can make it something a lot more seamless. Um, but uh, if they do make it something more seamless, there are opportunities to, you know, it's not just, hey, we're going to have a virtual conference room that looks exactly like the conference room that we had at work that we used to go to. Um, they could, You could actually experience environments in there that can't even exist in the real world. You can experience space or weightlessness, which I guess does exist in the real world if you go into space. But, you know, uh, developers maybe can, can, can figure out how to create environments that are totally different. I mean, maybe you can live in... Um, in, in, in a video game world or something like that. Um, so that could be pretty cool. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, uh, I, uh, again, this could, this could crash and burn or this could kind of, you know, um, fizzle out. And so we'll have to follow this. But uh, the interest in augmented virtual mixed realities has not gone away. You know, it's, it's something that has constantly been in the future for many decades. And, People are not giving up. And so I don't know when it'll happen. It'll probably take longer than we think, just like with self-driving cars and, and just like, hey, uh, back in the day, I think mobile technology took a lot longer than people thought. You know, the 2010 was maybe the, um, the 2009, 2010 was maybe the year where that sort of crossed the chasm, so to speak. But, uh, the, but uh, the, the smartphone market really had been, uh, people had been trying since the 90s to get that off the ground, uh, but uh, industry never gave up on it. And so eventually it happened. So this might happen too. There's still a rumor, by the way, that Apple is building these mixed reality glasses. I saw an 
article the other day that uh, uh, they're planning to launch these virtual reality glasses next year. That's going to be $3,000. I doubt that's entirely correct. How could Apple launch something like that at that price point? That just seems like insane to launch something like that at that price point, unless it's entirely experimental, in which case they'd probably only have some of their employees and kind of a, a special group using it. But uh, but but we'll see. Uh, this could be a, a really cool uh, news story for 2022, if it's true. Do you think I should get the uh, Oculus just to try it back and report out to you guys? Let me know, maximum.locals.com or localmax at, uh, localmaxradio at gmail.com if you want to reach out. Secondly, and another one I have to get through uh, today, can't wait, elections in New York City. There's elections on Tuesday, that's tomorrow, and most of the focus has been on the, in the United States, has been on the uh, governor's election in Virginia because that's the close one, uh, but uh, uh, I still have to look toward my former city where I lived for 15 years. At the end of the year, thankfully, Bill de Blasio is gone from New York City. So no matter what happens, we've got that. Eric Adams is expected to win and be his successor. He's considered a a moderate in the Democratic Party, but probably more because he doesn't take strong positions uh, publicly um, and also because he's been a police officer. But we're just not sure. I expect he'll be better than de Blasio, but we don't really know where he'll end up with things. We don't know if he'll be a, a, a strong mayor. We don't know if he'll just be a mayor that kind of uh, goes along with the with the Democratic Party machine, which he's a part of. In which case, it'll be kind of like our, you know, our, our national administration, where it's not an individual; it's more like a it's it's more like a a, a party that's running things. Curtis Sliwa on the on the Republican side, he's a really interesting candidate. He's also running as an independent. He's you know the ads say vote for him on the independent line, which you really have to do in New York City. That's how Michael Bloomberg actually won in New York City for twelve years. As a, well, he's he switched parties a bit, but he was essentially an independent candidate. Um, interestingly, Curtis Lee was hit by a cab the other day. I don't mean to laugh and make light of it, but he was fine. Um, but it's such a it's such a thing to happen. In something like this, the thing that I find interesting about him is he knows every neighborhood, every block, all the community groups, the religious leaders. Uh, that seems like an important thing, rather than just knowing the political machine. Again, he's expected to lose. Will he overperform? You know, um, some of the polls say it's going to be seventy percent, thirty percent, like a blowout. Uh, is it going to be like that, uh, like it was last time, or is it going to be sixty forty, or is it going to be um, is Eric Adams going to uh, crack sixty. I think that um, I, I think it's usually better to have a mayor who knows that they're not, you know, uh, going to be elected in no matter what. Remember, Cuomo had to resign. I think in his last election, he might have gotten seventy percent of the vote. <laughs> you know, people were just like, "Yep, that's uh, the, we're just voting for him because that's who we vote for, and uh, we're not even considering anybody else." So, yeah, um, another interesting thing about this campaign. Um, not to, um, not to, uh, and this is something that is true for both candidates. Both candidates say they support cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, Ethereum, etc. And New York State has been notoriously, uh, well, they've bungled this up badly because back in the day, New York City was like ground zero for crypto stuff. There was 
uh, you know, there were um, Bitcoin exchanges in Union Square. People were, uh, you know, people were trading cryptocurrencies back and forth. There was a lot of interest uh, for uh, for startups in New York City. Um, you know, but a lot of them have moved out. You know, for example, BlockFi moved to New Jersey, and um, because of the regulation, mostly on the state level, uh, the state has been one of the least friendly states towards cryptocurrency in the United States. Now, in order to make those changes, they'd have to make it on the state level. But I think that a mayor could have some influence on this, uh, you know, could advocate for some of these positions. So if Eric Adams or Curtis Lee were, they, would, were to win, could they act on this? Could they make New York City the crypto slash Bitcoin slash Ethereum slash Zcash or whatever you want? Could they make it the crypto capital of the world like it really should have been before the state got involved? Maybe they can. Fourthly, thirdly, I don't know how many things I've said so far. Remember back in episode 179, we talked about ranked choice voting, where voters were ranking candidates, and that was being used to uh, come up with a winner. Well, guess what? It's not being used this time. That was the plan all along for this. The ranked choice was only in the primary. Uh, Now, arguably, ranked choice voting actually helps more in the general election, where you have third parties that are actually very different from each other. In this case, it doesn't really make a difference because I don't believe there is a third-party candidate with any um, any sort of any sort of chance here. So uh, I don't even know who they are, but there's no uh, there's no third party that that is considered a uh, a spoiler or anything like that. Um, but I think it would be more interesting if uh, we move to rankings in the general election. However, as I said before. I think we need to work on, in this country in particular, making elections auditable. And I know some people, particularly Democrats, are saying if you if you question elections, then you're questioning your democracy. Well, why not make elections impossible to question? Why not just make it so um, eminently or, or so ridiculously auditable and ironclad that nobody could question the outcome of the election? By the way, that was flipped back in like 2004 and 2006 when they said, you know, if basically the party that doesn't win always says, well, the election had these irregularities and the party does win says you can't do that. It's against democracy. Why have irregularities? You know, sometimes the appearance of impropriety is just as bad as impropriety or whether it's just as bad or not, it's bad. Don't have the appearance of impropriety. Fix that first and then we'll get to the cool, uh, you know, social choice stuff, and we can get to ranked choice voting, because I think that there there's something to be said about all of that. All right. Another news story. Rumble, the video platform Lum- Rumble, the alt tech. Well, I hate calling it alt tech because then it sounds like alt right. But the alternate uh, video platform Rumble, the alternate version of YouTube, buys up Locals, which is the alt- alternate version of a bunch of things. It's, well, as you know, we're on Locals, Maximum.Locals.com. It's kind of the alternate version of um, Twitter plus Patreon kind of rolled into one. So it's sort of a creator economy. Um, and then both are similar. They're both uh, startups of this nature to try to get around gatekeepers, to try to, um, uh, uh, to, to make sure that you know, people aren't censored on YouTube, on Twitter, on Patreon, all of that. And so now they're going to join forces. And I have personal experience with locals. Here's the key quote. We are building the rails 
to a new tech ecosystem that will responsibly free everyone from the restraints of editorial control, said Rumble CEO Chris Pavlovsky. Locals will provide our Rumble users a new way to generate revenue, one that is not influenced by corporate advertisers and special interests. All our creators can now build a direct stream of revenue with their audience through subscriptions, allowing creators to take control of their valuable content. By the way, if you're interested in content that is not influenced by corporate advertisers or special interests, then you're in the right place. I'm glad you're listening to The Local Maximum. Consider supporting me on Locals, maximum.locals.com, because it's only like $4. And uh, as one of our... uh, One of our subscribers said, best $4 I've ever spent because you have direct access to all these smart people, including me, especially me. Come on. All right. So I like these startups. Obviously, they're not yet plugged into the crypto economy of the decentralized web. And I wish they would be, but perhaps that's coming. Perhaps they're, they're working on it far less likely to get canceled, almost impossible to get canceled. A lot of people say, oh, it's going to be, you know, just like parlor where the, uh, where the, where, where the big tech companies are just going to squash them or the credit card companies are just going to squash them. Uh, no, look, uh, you had these early ones like Parler, which first of all, as I've said before on the show, Parler was devoted to a certain segment of the population that made them uh, quite unpopular with the ruling class. Same thing with, um, what's that other one? Gab. Well, Gab is ridiculous. They had all these like anti-Semitic tweets the other day. Rumble and... Uh, and uh, and and Patreon are not like that. They've they've created a, a div- they, they they've included kind of a diverse array of creators and users. And their tech is way better actually. Rumble has its own cloud hosting, so completely independent from Amazon, Microsoft, etc. Remember that was an issue that locals had, where they yeah they were like, yes, for now, we are still dependent on Amazon. We don't expect to have any problems with that now, but it's a concern for the future. Well, guess what? That concern, boom, crushed. They don't have it anymore. So we're seeing some consolidation in this space, uh, the space of, let's say, kind of alternates, uh, you know, companies that uh, are, are involved in, um, in providing freer platforms. Uh, uh, and um, at least it's, there are several types of consolidations that happen in these industries. Uh, it's not the one where sometimes you have a shrinking space where it's like, you know, this industry is kind of shriveling up and, 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 um, and dying, and a lot of these groups can't, uh, can't survive anymore, and so they have to kind of roll up into one company. If you ever see like, you know, I don't know, uh, a consolidation in the newspaper uh, 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 industry. That would be a good example. This is the other side. This is where you have a startup space, a new space, and basically you have all these smaller companies, kind of sort of like what Foursquare was doing before, and um, investors uh, try to mix them together to try to create a powerhouse in a growing space. And so hopefully this is the start of of a powerhouse. I've interviewed some of the uh, people involved with this before, uh, most recently Asif Lev in episode 162, who is the CEO of Locals. Big congratulations to him. And then, of course, Dave Rubin, who is, well, uh, you know, a, a fantastic podcaster and, and, and a news guy and, and, and a presenter and all that. And I interviewed him in episode 103 about 
launching locals, which was kind of his project. So definitely check that out. Um, and as you know, the other alternate tech platform that I have become really interested as of late is, um, uh, is Odyssey. And Odyssey is also a video platform, and they kind of provide the, uh, the, the back end that's completely decentralized and um, very difficult to censor. At least the censorship is a, a thin layer on top, and you could dig deep and get all the videos back if, if the, the top layer becomes evil. So hopefully, um, hopefully uh, you know, they'll be a part of the infrastructure in the future so that, you know, none of these things can be taken over. Because right now, you know, how do you know that, um, you know, a good question is how do you know locals and rumbles aren't going to turn, uh, let's say turn evil for back, lack of a better term. Obviously, maybe that's not the best term, but like, how do you know it's going to stay the way it is? I think it's because a leadership team, that's great. And leadership team will presumably stay in place for a while. Uh, but it's good to have that whole, you know, can't be evil ethos underneath where it's built on technology that is that is sound to the core. And so I think that Odyssey uh, brings that into it. All right. Another thing I'm working on, I, as you know, I left my job on October 1st, so it's been one month. There has been this academic paper that I've been trying to work on for years while I was at Foursquare, and now I realize why, because it's actually really hard to write. Um, so what I'm writing about is I did some projects where I had to do machine learning, where I'm learning from a data set, but the data set's been filtered, and it's been filtered unevenly, so I have a biased sample. And so the question is, how do you take that biased sample and then build models that actually work under real-world conditions? And so I worked out the math on that. I'm going to probably have an episode on that. If you are mathematically inclined, if you're into machine learning, and you know, if you know some probability, perhaps some calculus, perhaps some measure theory, let me know. Maximum.locals.com, localmaxradio.gmail.com once again, and I will give you a revision of this paper to look at. I could really use some help in, in making right. I have kind of a strange way of writing this stuff, and so I got all my ideas down, and then I had to clean up, clean up, clean up, but I still have kind of a, a strange way of explaining this stuff, and sometimes it's brilliant if I may say so myself. But other times, it's like people are like, what are you talking about, Max? And so I, I really could use that feedback. Please let me know. All right. Finally, uh, well, no, not finally. Uh, so this is episode 197. We're coming up on episode 200 soon. I know in episode 100, we did a look back at the first 100 episodes. You know I'm thinking we're just going to do the same thing for 200. I know, I know. It's... Um, I really liked, when I was at the Tom Woods 2000th episode, I really liked how he said, you know, my podcast is about learning. Nobody's learning anything today. And so that, that, that was just a, a kind of a fun event. This, I mean, I, uh, the problem is a look back. First of all, it's nice to do a look back. It's like, nice to see how far you've come and, and kind of review uh, what we've done because then, you know, that's kind of how it sticks. Uh, but it's also a lot easier to do. So, uh, and then if I want to do a fun episode, I could do it like, uh, whenever I want, because having a lot of pressure for the 200th episode is, uh, I don't want to have that much pressure. So there we go. And then finally, and I'll probably put this out in the next episode. Uh, I returned to a, uh, a, a, a blog post, a series of blog posts that I wrote in 2016, about this idea of passive computing. And this was an idea of this could be the next wave of computing and emerging technology. It talked about hand, hands-free computing. 
uh, a little bit about, um, you know, devices such as um, what then became the AirPods and the Apple Watch and, and VR devices. And so it was like, okay, it's been five years. I'm sort of saying, let's start this thing up in the next five to 10 years. And uh, so how did I do? How did I do? Well, the answer is, I was probably a little bit too optimistic. Um, and so I went over to Aaron's house and I basically read from these things paragraph by paragraph and we uh, we responded. It was at his house, so it was a little, there's all sorts of stuff going on. We got a little distracted. So it'll be interesting to see how that uh, episode came out. I guess we'll find out next week um, on the local maximum. So yeah, that's it for today. Uh, I know I wanted to get right into that passive computing stuff, but I have a lot of things to say. So uh, hope you enjoyed your October. Hope you look look forward to the 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 month of November and to join us for for the rest of the year. Have a great week, everyone. That's the show. To support the local maximum, sign up for exclusive content and our online community at maximum.locals.com. The local maximum is available wherever podcasts are found. If you want to keep up, remember to subscribe on your podcast app. Also check out the website with show notes and additional materials at localmaxradio.com. If you want to contact me, the host, send an email to localmaxradio at gmail.com. Have a great week. Feel the power.